Welcome to the Nasred Podcast, where Nasred talks about movies, a place where movies are discussed. Today we are doing a super special interdimensional Alex double feature. <laughs> Welcome, Alex. Hey, I did two because it's a double feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's very appropriate. <laughs> but Alex, mm. we just took a trip on the Holy Mountain. Yeah, I'm just... proud of you, sir. You got through it okay. Well, okay, we took two viewings, but not because of anything on me. No, no, just because we, we began it the first time, admittedly, at a rather late hour. And if you folks are at all familiar with the Holy Mountain or indeed the work of Alejandro Hodorowsky, even though he is, in his own words, the grandfather of the midnight movie, yeah. to start them actually at midnight, you may find yourself kind of starting to get fatigued, not because of the subject matter, heavy and epic as it is. It's fucking a lot of stuff. But it's a lot it's of stuff and you don't want to be you don't want to be in an exhausted place yeah, to yeah. see it. So we did it in two uh, viewings, but in a weird way don't you feel like it kind of still flowed well? I think so. You know, I have so many thoughts on Holy Mountain, or maybe right. none at all, which is a very zen way of looking <laughs> at it. But First of all, have you ever seen a movie like this before? I will say yes, but I think the movie that I saw was doing its own Holy Mountain thing. I think this movie, seeing this movie makes me see another movie much more clearer. And I really enjoyed this movie, but Holy Motors. Yes, now I've heard of that. I saw a thumbnail for it once, I think on Netflix, yeah. and it looked kind of like neon, weird, somewhat sci-fi like, interesting. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. A, it's a neon holy mountain. Without the heavy spiritual kind of thing that Holy Motors Well, that's has. a 70s thing. Is there more of an 80s thing with Holy Motors being neon and all With that? Holy Motors, it's very now, actually. Oh, interesting. Like, okay. I mean, so like, well, now, now yeah. is a bit neon. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. neon You know, like, now. it's... it's Holy Motors is basically this guy in a car, and he's driving around from one sort of movie-ish situation to another. Oh, nice. It's just structurally, it reminds me a lot I, of Holy Motors. I Mo- definitely Mountain. should give it a, a whirl. I definitely. have it. You, you oh, know. okay, definitely. You right. can add it to my Nasred stack. <laughs> I, if you folks don't know, I have like <laughs> a fifth of his collection at my yeah. house. No, that's not true, actually. He has so many movies, doesn't he, yeah. he doesn't even notice that they're missing. By the way, yeah. I just want to mention this really quickly. Part yeah. of the reason why we started Holy Mountain late was because we were watching Lucha Underground. And yes. I just want to say congratulations to Johnny Mundo and yeah! Taya in the middle of the of the uh, at the end of the match, uh, Johnny Mundo proposed to Taya, proposed which I thought was to her. so romantic. And he at first was acting like a dummy and in, sort of intentionally punking her to make yeah. her think that she yeah. wasn't special. Because, but because what wh- I guess what happened was uh, they fought the reptile tribe, mm-hmm. Johnny Mundo's. I like the reptile crew, tribe, and yeah. yeah, they're cool. And the 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 leader of the reptile tribe, the woman had. Drago and she has all these slaves and then yes. Johnny Mundo they defeated the reptile tribe and Johnny Mundo got one wish and I think Taya wanted him to wish for something else and instead he wished for Drago to be free right and then she said hey you know you yeah. you wanted you 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 were supposed to wish for this other thing and he's like well you are my wish and then he got down oh, on his knees I know and proposed and, to her and the audience went wild there yeah the audiences at home yeah. I believe went wild we, we, went, we wild. went wild we went crazy <laughs> Best of luck to the new couple. Yes. On to Holy Mountain. Okay, yeah. Alex, you need right. to tell me, what was your, his, what's your history with this movie? Yeah, okay, so funny enough, I had a really crazy, v- delightfully crazy, fun, funny French teacher at Santa Monica College. Right. Senor Aparicio, if you at all are listening, you're, you rock. He, I was telling him, this is like when I was 20, mm-hmm. and I was... Already such a Lynch fan, but I just loved weird shit. 
And I was talking to him just about kind of Lynch and strange things. Mm. And he was like, oh, well, have you ever watched any Hodorowsky? And I was like, I don't even know who that is. And he was yeah. like, you need to watch The Holy Mountain. Oh, no. So he, at the time, he said, you need to see El Topo. He actually didn't mention anything about The Holy uh-huh. Mountain. He just said El Topo. He said, El Topo is God if he were a gunslinger in the desert. And there's even a scene where they literally smoke roaches, like <laughs> like big cockroaches. Yeah, 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 they yeah. like inhale out of their butts at one point, and they go insanely high yeah. at one point. Yeah. I just want to interject. Yeah. What was the other, for the listener, what's the other movie we're doing for the double future? No. <laughs> so today, we're doing two movies that I recommended. We started with The Holy Mountain, which Yes. And then coming up next, uh, also a a strange world, but not quite the same pace, but another kind of sort of, I think, kind of another dream landscape Mm -hmm, similar mm -hmm. to this is Trouble in Mind. Okay, cool. 1985 with Chris Christopherson, the man, uh, and also Keith Carradine. And uh, a few other people you'll oh, recognize. that's not the one with Willie Nelson? I thought that was what you were going to say. You think that was... Oh, I no. Thought, yeah. No, what's funny is it's the same director. And as awesome as that movie is... Um, it's horrible? No. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. It's just it wouldn't be thematically... Oh, okay. Uh, I see, I see, I see, I see. That's okay. more like a Nashville oh, right. type of movie. Right. Like so, a hangout movie. So yeah. back to your history with Holy Motors, you have this teacher... Holy Mountain. Holy Mountain, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but yes, yeah, so this teacher recommended. But I wouldn't actually see it for several years until one of my best friends and I... Uh, chase down both of those movies uh-huh. from I think the library <laughs> El Topo and Holy Mountain El to- yeah back to fucking back one night we did Holy uh, El Topo mm-hmm. and the next night we did Holy Mountain Wow! and my life was blown apart were you smoking? Did you yeah, smoke? oh yeah, yeah absolutely and this was, this was about exactly 10 years ago I was uh-huh. 24 and I remember thinking at the time oh my god I've been waiting for these movies my entire life yeah. because Alejandro Hodorowsky was and is this insanely brilliant artist uh, from Chile mm-hmm. with, I believe, Russian ancestry. Uh-huh. He looks crazy. <laughs> he is yeah. a bit crazy. Yeah. And his work is phenomenal. Yeah. By and the way, speaking of crazy, if you can hear an airplane, we needed the window open because it's fucking hot. It's, it's fucking hot. Yeah. It's August in L.A. Need yeah. we say more? Yeah, but go um, ahead. Sorry. But yeah, so... Uh, uh, like was mentioned before, El Topo kind of sets. If you like, if you are just wondering about this kind of world that this director makes, you got to start uh-huh. with El Topo. He did a few things before, which are you can take or leave them if mm-hmm. you ask me. But this, but the real journey begins with El Topo, mm-hmm. which indeed is, to my mind, what would happen if old school God, I mean like Old Testament God, the punishing God, mm-hmm. like my word is law, and I will kill you and give you no second chances yeah. god if he were a gunslinger in an apocalyptic wasteland where he nevertheless has to go through a series of masters and go through zen lessons and learn things uh-huh. in life there's this incredible moment where he comes up against what he thinks is going to be a boss and it's an old man who is like well i'm an old man i can't fight you what are you, what are you going to do to me yeah. and then he's kind of a trickster of an old man and he says Oh, you think that, uh, you know, killing is, is uh, or that death is like something that is to be, you know, like that's the way to lose? And he just grabs the gunslinger's gun, shoots himself. Suddenly, El Topo, the gunslinger, is not a killer. And he's like, no! And he like yeah. holds the old man and the old man looks at him and he goes, Perdiste. You, yeah. you lost. And then yeah. dies. So that's the kind of Zen wisdom that happens in these kinds of movies. Right. So El Topo alone is a crazy fucking journey. Then he takes it to another goddamn level with mm-hmm. the movie we saw, The Holy Mountain, yes. which 
what would you think if I kind of described it as like a transcendental tour guide or like it's a transcendental tour of the fucking human experience yeah and how it deals with materialism and spiritualism yeah you know i i liken it to a uh i used to have this little book this book of just zen nonsense yes like like shit that makes sense but it makes no fucking sense you right. know like the bird is in the sky but the bird is actually on the ground and shit like that. yes <laughs> and, and but it was deep shit it was yeah. really good stuff yeah. it was like you know it was designed like every day you look at one or whatever yes it re- kind of reminded me of that where there was a sort of zen teaching mm-hmm. well yeah so how would you describe if you had to say what holy mountain was about <laughs> i kind of like a general well, overview mean, honestly it's it okay this is a movie before i mention before yes. i say it this is a movie that like if you're a very casual movie goer oh, no, you're not you're gonna, fucking you're, dead you're dead <laughs> yeah you, you know, won't make like, it through the opening credits yeah you're, you're gonna be like what the fuck is this yeah, you won't you will not make it. where's channing tatum yeah and and uh, you know and, and that's fine if you're that yeah, kind yeah. of dude, if, hey, you know, channing tatum would yeah. probably rock in yeah, this cinema yeah. is a vast ocean there's there's room for every kind of, of movie course goer, and it belongs no, but, to no but this this the whole point of these movies is they they break convention yeah and by and they also test your um stomach yeah, <laughs> yeah they get, yeah, they yeah. get vi- visually yeah. graphically grotesque. i mean you and i have seen crazy shit and yeah. i wouldn't say any i mean really i mean you you sort of prefaced that you were like look there's some shit and i you know, always like- preface people on the holy mountain because there's literal scatological situations yeah, yeah. that deal with actual shit yeah but there is a zen lesson always mm-hmm. the thing about holy mountain is it puts you in intensely grotesque scary situations violent situations sinful situations and yet always around the corner there's some kind of zen lesson involved so yeah what what kind of like what do you get from the opening you see two women whose materialism is being stripped from them their fake nails are being torn off their eye makeup is being wiped off their hair is being shorn down to the point where all the sort of exterior yeah. materialism is taken away. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's funny is I'm like <laughs> three days removed from the first chunk, right. you know, and we saw the last 30 minutes today, and then you refresh my memory. If I were to say what this was about, yeah, I think it's kind of simple in, in a sense. It's about Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah. and he represents Western religion in all of its kind of bullshit. Yeah. But... At the at the heart of Western religion, there is the heart of Jesus, of which was if he was alive, was a great heart that said, yeah. "Love your enemy and be good, and if someone hits you, turn the other cheek." But that message has gone through the gold machine, the material machine, uh-huh. the bullshit machine, yeah. the hypocrisy machine, yeah. and it's become this thing that we call religion. Mm-hmm. And in order to reach true enlightenment, I think you kind of gotta go through. A kind of holy mountain journey but yeah. i mean it's it's within your life it's within terms that you understand it's mm-hmm. not some crazy thing yeah didn't you get the feeling that certainly the first third of the movie it almost is suggestive that someone it's either jesus himself or someone who looks a hell of a lot like him yeah, yeah. and indeed finds himself in kind of a because there's this weird town where violence and distraction is happening and they're reenacting the carrying of the cross like you too can carry the cross like yeah, jesus yeah, yeah and then he steps in and they're like oh you're a perfect fit and they liquor him up 
and he wakes up to find that he's been mass produced. Right. It's one of the most powerful scenes in the movie because yeah, he's howling. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Well, it's this terrifying sequence. By the way, Hodorowsky's movies show rituals. Yeah. And you'll notice no cross dissolves, cuts, cut, mm-hmm. cut, cut. Yeah. And I feel like that was ahead of its fucking time in the early 70s. As cool as, as editing was getting, you won't find a bigger fan of the 70s than me. Yeah. I'm saying that even his work in the 70s You'll, I think some of his sense of cut across the shots yeah. is shit that only Kubrick and a couple others understood. I, I like the cuts, but I could have used a Star Wars wipe. That, yeah. But no. Um, yeah. Well, it, that would have been for Dune had he made it. Yeah. Which is another story for another yeah, time. Yeah. I, um, you know, the way I got turned on to Jodorowsky was in mm-hmm. high school. Again, Roger Ebert, my man, yes. uh, had a review of Santa Sangre. Okay, right. Which I'm, I, I, I really want to learn Spanish and really pronounce things well. But, yes, but, but, yeah, Santa, Santa Sangre. Sangre. Yes, which and, means Saint Blood or like Holy Blood. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Sangre is blood. Okay, that's yeah. good to know. And mm-hmm. I, I saw that. I rented it from Blockbuster or the yeah. library, one of the two. Right. And I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And then years, 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 years later... I'm at the weed spot, and I'm talking to my good buddy, Alex, and this is way before the podcast, Ah. way before the podcast, and you mentioned El Topo, and the way you sold it to me was, it's about this dude, what if God was a gunslinger? And I thought, dude, that's the coolest fucking shit I've ever heard. (laughs) And the thing is... Because of the fact that I had seen Santa Sangre, I... Oh, I pronounced that pretty well. Well done. No, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank dude, you. Thank you. You had your R in I would like to be nice an honorary thing. Latino. But yes. uh, I um, I had... It was in my palette. You know? Like, I could I could yeah. watch El Topo and, and not be like... Totally- in a weird way, I wish I had started with Santa Sangre. Because for me, it's nothing but a disappointment after Holy Mountain. It's too right. goddamn good. You know, I, underst- <laughs> I understand that. And, you know, I, I kind of look at it this way. It's like any artist that starts crazy experimental or crazy indie and crazy this and that, and then at some and I'm not saying this is the case for Jodorowsky because yeah. I, I you know I'm he's, his, he's I'm kept lucky, it pretty but, magical yeah, yeah 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 but I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan even of his most recent work yeah yeah I'm glad he's still making work but it's not my favorite yeah, you know? I, yeah. I haven't seen it what are they. Dance of Reality was uh-huh. one. There were parts in it that I thought were very powerful uh-huh. and I loved. But as a whole, you know what it is too? It's just me. That movie moves like Amar Kord or one of these sort of memoir movies right, about right, childhood right. with some of that psycho magic right. peppered in. Look, I'm a sucker for the hero's journey. Yeah. That's what these these movies are about quests, like yeah, yeah, magic yeah. quests, like yeah. something like kind of Lord of the Rings, but with a lot of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, well, but yeah, so so you saw that at the oh, yeah, time. Yeah, well, okay, so Santa Sangre. Yeah, there is a more tangible narrative. I think so. As I other... recall, it does though still sort of belong in the universe of an El Topo. Oh kind yeah, of thing. definitely. It's definitely a weird world, and it's you always just... got your little little amputees. Yeah, you always well, got your little amputees. <laughs> yeah, which by the way. I love little amputees. Yeah. I think they should be in every fucking every movie. Fucking every movie. rom-com yes. amputees. I love it. Yeah. But um, I... Uh, the thing with Santa Sangre is there are things that are kind of recognizable from other movies. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance... Psycho, the relationship between the mom and oh, the... Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? Like, I remember like, there is a sort of like castrating relationship yeah, between yeah, a yeah. mother and yeah, son. Yeah. But having seen that before everything... I don't know if in high school, 14-year-old... Well, I was a pretty open kid, as I yeah. imagine you were. Yeah. 
I don't know how I would have taken El Topo or Holy Mountain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, well, I wasn't yeah. smoking at that time. You true, know true. I mean? No, like, and, and and also there's a lot of may there's a lot of nudity in Holy Mountain among it, male nudity. And you gotta oh, and even fucking you gotta be ready for the fact that there are a lot of native children who are just unclothed they're just running around which i guess seems like a 70s thing or something it's kind of yeah. a 70s thing it's also you know you also see that in and is in the mission <laughs> there's just a lot of just like the nudity. one with robert de niro yeah fantastic oh, fucking movie but just you know naked bodies yeah and and also especially if you see like a grown adult naked body when you're younger you just get all fucking paranoid like, oh no yeah, i'm yeah, not yeah. gay you know like yeah, yeah. but as you get older you're like oh, okay that's a guy's ass yeah. i can handle that oh See, that's his cock i i guess yeah. i can handle that too <laughs> i uh i am able to handle really almost any image save for actual human violence like yes. real somebody being really hurt for real like right you know. but the bull but i cannot a take a, a, a erect animal's penis it's <laughs> which, the, I find which you see repulsive. in the holy mountain yeah yeah you yeah. see shall we say it's like a, it's like a giant carrot or like a giant lipstick coming. It's out. it's horrible <laughs> and it looks painful. Next Fuck. week, next week we're doing Kaiju Corner, mm. and the the cow the bull's penis is more horrifying than any monster kaiju. Oh, right? I was gonna say, tell me Godzilla fillets something in one movie, a big oh. Godzilla. Well, dick. you're like, gonna be pleasantly well, surprised, bang, Alex. Bang, yeah. Bang, well, he fights yeah. every monster in Final Wars, so you know oh, we're doing we're it. doing Godzilla Final Wars next week. I Stay can't tuned. wait for that. By yeah. the way, but, but yeah, uh, I can. I, the thing is, um, you know, Werner Herzog, I believe, I, I just know this because Roger Ebert always quoted him. Right. That he said that like we need good Im- we need images. This mm-hmm. culture needs amazing images. Yes. And I agree. You know, don't you feel like American cinema? We only get that once in a while. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff there is coming a lot out, of good. but That's but true. it's just I, it's I hard to keep up with everything. Daddy, but yeah. No, but I feel you. But I feel like Holy Mountain. Is just Dude. a series of very powerful it's images. So good, the images, the shots are great. The, how about the colors too? There's a yeah, lot yeah. of rich color in it. Yeah. Plus, you get a feeling. I mean, what? I don't know nothing. I wasn't there, but I feel like you get a sense of sort of the consciousness of that ilk in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, definitely. People who were kind of like just getting out of the flower power phase, but still holding on to that transcendental feel. Yeah. But a little crazier because it's the 70s. Yeah. And just, and also there's a comic book element to his work that I love, which by the way, when you then get into his comic book series with Mobius, the yeah. Incal. Right, which is that, great, I've read. It, yeah. yeah, that to me is a lot of Holy Mountain and that, mm. a hell of a lot. Because I love a different kind, like the X-Men are people already with powers who get together and then they need to sort of learn how to manage their powers. Yeah, yeah. I like it where a bunch of sort of seemingly flawed people who don't realize that they have potential for power are nevertheless summoned by a wizard or an alchemist yeah, in yeah, this yeah. case. And they... Do that. I'm curious. What did uh, Ebert say about Santa Sangre? Oh, he loved recall? it. Okay, he so he loved really it, loved it. But yeah. he was mostly sort of uh, he was high on the vapors of Jodorowsky's past work of El Topo. Ah, and so Holy he really Mountain. he does like so those he was previous ones. Yeah. Well, you know. I would trust. Look, El Topo and Holy Mountain. And by the way, dude, I have hosted these movies several times, <laughs> and most of the time it's a disaster oh yeah that's great the first time i watched it with my bestie we he he was actually sort of half hanging half babysitting not they weren't like kid kids but they were just like they were like 19 year olds who just they didn't give a fuck about it so they were like asleep yeah but we're meanwhile 20 somethings watching this going holy fuck holy mountain this is this is fucking incredible and then that same year i remember i sat down a group 
and it was near Christmas time. And I just, I, wa- I was so high on the movie yeah. that I didn't think to even like, oh, by the way, there's a lot of fucking, there's like severing of gonads. There's yeah. a lot of vomit. There's a lot of shit. There's yeah. a lot of blood. I, but to me, I was like, whatever. That's just the first two chakras of the, I was, I was so in touch with what the movie is because yes it does deal with a lot of those lower chakras of all the filth of the world yeah, yeah. and it fucking ascends to the seventh chakra wonder yeah and some people hate also the ending which i'm not going to spoil on this podcast but i'm just going to say i will say something about that but go ahead yeah oh okay okay i was just going to say i remember I, I hosted this with a group and one of the guys about 10 minutes into it kind of looked at me and was like this doesn't really feel like a christmas movie <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm like, dude, it's Christ coming back <laughs> yeah. to Earth and realizing he's been mass produced. Yeah, well, what, how yeah. much more Christmas do you want to get? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the graphic imagery for some people is just a fucking deal breaker. And I gotta say, it's okay if you get squirmish, but if you just shut down, I don't know, a part of me judges that. I'm like, you're fucking unevolved. Just yeah. grow the fuck up. Some people, I don't know, man. Again, I wasn't there, but I feel like more people our age in the 70s were willing to get into the mushroom insanity of all the chakras and all that. Like today, a lot of young people do that, but there's so many people are just fucking spiritually... Dead? Yeah, or like... People who go to church all the goddamn time, but then they watch holy. They watch something like this, and they're like, "Well, this doesn't make any." I'm like, "Dude, yeah, well, because they're tied to scriptures and shit." It's like, true, you know and they're I mean? be- like, and they're given a very kind of white, cut and dry Jesus. Yeah, you don't get to go on like the blood and filth and the kind of you know and the semen that goes yeah. into these goddamn stories. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, just uh, this movie does become a quest. He, the the act, actors there's not really any actors in it there are these are real life people who had like professional jobs yeah. or you know this is the 70s people are starting to wake up but there's still a lot of prejudice and one of the characters I know she was a lesbian and in, at least in the commentary he says that she was very sensitive about it and at the time he was like well I'm gonna have an openly lesbian character in my movie which yeah. of course I guess for the 70s was shocking to have that yeah, yeah. but you know everyone had a different story and he brought them in real life to go on a trip and you see these actors doing stuff that if you've ever done mushrooms before folks and in nature too yeah. you'll know that what they're doing is legit real caught on camera and the whole thing culminates into quite an ending. And without quite giving it away, or we can do a spoilers one, two, three, four kind of thing. But uh, Well, I'm time stamping this because it's a big... Time stamp. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, I'd like, I'd like to get your opinion on sort of what you got out of this sitting right. down in the last third of the movie. Like the quest out of, part. Out of the end? Yeah, like you were about to talk about the end and also just kind of like your feelings oh, about okay. now having gone on the journey. About the end... The thing that struck me as interesting, was, which we might be spoiling right yeah, now. Yeah, we, we are going that. to uh, right. three, two, one, and spoil. Yeah, okay. At the end of the movie, it's revealed that Jodorowsky, who's in the movie, he says, "This is a movie." Yes, and then it sort of shows the crew and mm-hmm. this and that, blah blah blah. I have seen that ending before. Uh-huh. And I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's where he got that. Uh, There's a film by Abbas Kyurostami, this Persian filmmaker. Uh, very well respected. He's dead now, but yes. like, uh, rest in peace, dude. But uh, he did a film called the, A Taste of Cherry mm-hmm. about this dude in a Range Rover in like rural Iran where mm-hmm. there's, there's like nothing. And he wants to kill himself. And he wants somebody... To bury him, he wants to go into this grave 
and he basically said he he's gonna tell someone if i'm dead bury me and he's mm-hmm. gonna pay someone to do this mm-hmm. the film happens and it's it's pretty much like just a dude in a car you know like with with every once in a while he picks up someone and this and that and then instead of the film sort of revolve uh, evolve <laughs> resolving itself what the fuck <laughs> resolving itself it's sort of revealed we see the crew and we see uh-huh. this it's not as like wink wink yeah. as as Jodorowsky sure but the thing is I mean there's a number of factors that sort of contribute to that ending which is A it's under the Islamic Republic of Iran you can't make a movie where somebody kills himself at the end or you, oh, you know what I mean or like if, if the yeah. censors deem it un-Islamic they're, they're not gonna let you do it uh-huh. so maybe that's where he was coming from with it but then I'm watching this and I'm like yo Abbas you fucking ripped off Jodorowsky yeah. you, you yeah. do that's fine but, totally totally um, always rip off from the best yeah. but I will say this as well yeah in terms of Holy Mountain yeah forget about A Taste of Cherry um how else are you going to end the movie? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, dude. You've gone, you've taken... The, and <laughs> Yeah, imagining, it only could end yeah, this way. Imagining yeah. that the viewer, like myself or like yourself or the friends that you, responded to it. Yes. Imagine the if the viewer is willing to take that trip. Oh, yeah. At some point, you have to sort of understand, well, it is just a movie, though. Yeah. It's full of ideas. It's a trap for ideas. There's a yes. million ideas in it. Beautiful Zen sort of things. Yes. Love this, blah, 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 everything. Right. But it's just a movie. It's like, I, you know, it's almost like when I'm sewing and I'm listening to Alan Watts yes. on YouTube. Oh. It's amazing. There's so many ideas that are sort of transforming me or not transforming, you, you yeah, know, no, like no, kind of, no, kind of providing sort of, new neural pathways. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's a. I'm, I'm listening to it on a YouTube thing. It's that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, you know, in in in, in the grand scheme of things. And, well, exactly. And yeah. as he says, we must not stay here. These are just images, photographs. Yeah. And then and and I've seen this movie probably twenty times. Now, yeah. And when I saw it now, it really clicked with me where he was talking about it because I feel like. Uh, people who only took half the pill <laughs> yeah. go, well, it's a cop-out ending. And I've even seen on YouTube like film geeks talking about this movie. Uh-huh. And someone always has to say, eh, it's a cop-out to just say, oh, it's all a movie. Yeah. Like anyone could do I'm like, yeah, but this movie is all about destroying the image, destroying the ego, yeah. shattering Maya and, and piercing into reality. Yeah. And the last line of the movie is, goodbye to the holy mountain. Real life awaits us. And the movie ends. Yeah, and that's and he's, so he's basically telling the audience goodbye. Yeah. Now, now you you now know the secrets. Now get out there and change the world. Yeah, because this is as far as the movie can go. We're only a movie. Yeah, I mean, I love that meta stuff, and to me, it's acceptable. Some people go, well, I don't want to know it's a movie. I said, like, well, dude, you you do anyway. I love <laughs> yeah. when, I love when people get hung up on reality. Yeah, it's like, dude, yeah, yeah. shut the. We'd be like, yeah. it was the movie wasn't realistic. Well, dude, life isn't realistic. Are yeah. you out of your fucking mind? Like, stop. And why would you want a realistic a realistic movie would be about people in traffic? Yeah. There'd be two lines, both of them going, oh, fuck, and yeah, then it would be yeah. over. Yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, you're right. I yeah. mean, a movie can only be so realistic. Yeah, I mean, and even, this is also yeah. on another. This is sci-fi. Grotesque. It's grotesque. Yeah, yeah. And I use that word not just in a disgusting sense. I use it in like a bizarre and like it in cosmic. It's just cosmically grotesque. Yeah. This movie. Yeah. And you have to, 
you have to kind of roll with it and it's, uh, it's, be open to it, folks. I mean, I mean, I can see it in a, in the hands of a lesser storyteller, of a lesser yeah. filmmaker, ending with the Christ figure sort of. I know now, and then yeah. he turns into light, and he, right. you know, and he reaches yeah. the shock, whatever the fuck, right. you know. I don't think I would be satisfied with that ending. Mm-hmm. I like the way it ends, where it's Jodorowsky sort of being like, okay, I mean, he, you, you spent time with him in this thing, yeah, and you really get to sort of under. I mean, dude, this is a guy. He's a calling him a deep thinker is is an <laughs> understatement. Like this guy, yeah, understands. The spirit world or some yeah, shit. Dude, like, he, you know what I mean? He like, is a psycho. And I and I hope if he heard me say that, he would take it as a compliment because I mean it as yeah. such. He is a psycho. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And and that's what I want. Yeah. My I, I want my artists to be functional psychos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I I'm am talking a functional about. Yeah, yeah. psycho, no, no, no. He definitely, like, like, his shit is out of this world. And it definitely taps into that Joseph Campbell mythic imagery you definitely should and could do yourself a service to know a little bit of your mythologies, folks. Yeah. I.e., stop sticking to the Bible. You need to know all the shit that happened before it. I'm not knocking your Bible. I'm de- sorry, no, as I'm taking a moment to knock no, your no, Bible no, no, on your no, show. No, 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 don't Hope you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, awesome book, but it's not the only thing. And it's and it's a remake of many other things before it. And you yeah. got to know, folks, you got to know a little bit of your Eastern philosophy, too, because there's a bit of Buddha all throughout this movie, too. Yeah. We use Christ imagery, but if you notice, very rarely, unless you're dealing with Last Temptation of Christ or some other kind of special focus on the Christ story, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a very yogi feel. No, no. It's always a very kind of dry, depressing story about a guy who had a good idea and got killed for it. Yeah. That's, yeah, all, that's yeah, yeah. all I get of the version that seems to be popular. Yeah. And then, but, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was just in, in conclusion, just um, it, I love a movie like this and it also sort of it frust no the movie doesn't frustrate me but i'm frustrated that i live in a world where <laughs> so many people aren't prepared for this and it sounds like even when it came out i think it was called the scandal of Khan that year like oh yeah, people yeah just, i can see you know, that you can i can imagine some people you know what this movie almost reminds me of or rather i should say the other way around do you saw enter the void the gaspar noe i haven't Oh, I, I recommend. I will. And and it will fuck with you. There are many moments in that movie where we're like, oh, no, no, don't do that. No, don't go there. Oh, God, I have to deal with watching that now. Right. Oh, God, yeah. that's going to be haunting me for a while. And it's brilliant because it's all a fucking trip. And it kind of reminds me of that where, and I think it, the same thing happened there, where they, some people are going to stick around and be amazed and a lot of people are going to be repulsed and need yeah. to, you know, walk out. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I... Uh... But I truly loved it. Yeah, man, I'm really, I'm really glad that you could go on it because, like I said, I've, dude, I've, I've shown this to filmmakers. Oh yeah, friends who make movies, and they're, and they're just like, yeah, that was interesting. I'm like, dude, what do you mean? Who's like, come on, those guys, Alex. I'm not gonna say. Ah, no, it's it's all good. But but you know what? You know, I will say, um, you know, a few months ago, Mm. my friend Rick released his movie, and he came back on my podcast, on the podcast, and talked about it. Yeah. And he had done the podcast like three times, two times before that. And the first time I smoked in the middle of it. The second time I didn't smoke at all. And then this time I was in a celebratory mood. So I smoked. Yes. And so somebody shared it. And then some little dipshit I don't know in Wisconsin or some fuck commented, the host is too stoned. And I'm only bringing this up because, kid, if you're listening, A, you're an idiot because you took time out of your busy fucking schedule to comment on something. (laughs) B, one day. First, listen to an Alan Watts video. Like, just yes. just do something meditative and, and listen to that. Yeah. 
then go buy some weed from your cool friends because yes. you're not cool. You, you, you clearly are not. <laughs> Smoke some weed. Find Holy Mountain, either online or a, a physical copy. Watch it. And open your mind a little. And yeah. know that being too, there's no such thing as being too stoned, you idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, if I were to give Holy Mountain... Sorry, kid. So nah. If I were to give Holy Mountain my ice cream cone rating... Sure, sure. And I will explain the ice cream cone rating scale for our new listeners. Indeed. If uh, uh, the scale is on a... It, the fu- <laughs> this movie has me fucked up, Alex. Yeah, that's what it does. The scale Sometimes. is on a scale of 1 to 10 ice cream cones... If it completely blows us away, it's an ice cream sundae. If it gives us mixed feelings, meaning it's kind of good, kind of bad, but we don't know how to, you know, it's a banana split. And if it's complete hot garbage, like Fifty Shades Freed, which we, we listened to that interview, we really, we, we, ripped, we destroyed that <laughs> Always movie. a good one to go back to, folks. Yeah, yeah. It's puke. Puke. Alex, this is the furthest thing from puke I've ever seen. This is an ice cream sundae, my friend, with three cherries on top. Oh, my god. Each gosh. cherry representing a different chakra. Yes! How many chakras are there? Seven. So then there are seven chairs. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, the, the first, well, also the first three are all the shit, bile, blood, you know, the, the, the all the, the boiling deep stuff, the bowel yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And then, it, and then you get higher and higher and higher. Speaking of which, do you know that every culture has, oh, and I give it an ice cream sundae. Of course I give it an ice cream yeah. sundae. It does go to <laughs> thing. But chakra system, do you know that that, their totem poles mm-hmm. are kind of the chakra system right old celtic art with intertwining serpents going around and and that shit goes on in india even navajo indians not to be confused with indian indians from india who never met each other they never met each other i don't think Mm -hmm. and yet they both had this image of two snakes Mm. circling around each other you look at any hospital building or a drugstore, you see the same thing. You've seen it. Two snakes, they twirl around each other, and then there's wings at right, the top. Right, I was wondering what that was. Dude, those are the chakras. That, th- this shit is so in your face that we as a Western culture don't even realize that we're looking at the secret of the universe. And I, I'm, I'm very, for me, I'm very passionate about, I don't like being all froofy LA with chakras. I, yeah. re- I really think of it as this kind of like an artistic representation of consciousness and the yes. ladder you can kind of go up and down and and all that and egypt had this too you know in egypt the whole like we're gonna weigh your heart now that you're dead right. against a yeah, feather yeah. that's the heart chakra right and even the totem pole is kind of a person oh wait now look what am i doing what do i look like now i'm crucified now that i'm and i'm making the right. sort of I'm, I'm looking like a t folks like a capital t yeah. here well guess what the crucifixion is also a moment of right. chakra and notice there's always a bird or wings at the top. That's your seventh chakra. That's mm. the highest. Check this out. And I promise I'll end my chakra speech very soon. The sixth chakra is in located right in the forehead. That's your idea about God and the universe. What gets you through the day, your personal image of God. The seventh chakra ain't even on your body. It's like the halo around your head or wow. just above that. Often represented as... A thousand lotus petal, uh, excuse me, a thousand petaled lotus, uh-huh. or as a bird that's flying above the Holy Spirit, you know, the, that kind of yeah. the, 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 the winged creature. And that's the part of you that has faith in the universe, but will never see or know what it is. Never. Wow. You'll never, or at least not in this earthly experience. So it's, that's the faith part. So isn't that interesting? Most churches are just faith, faith, faith. No, but like you got to know that there's a, a God that you are, that you're 
earthly self has to, you have to make a superhero, your spirit animal, the thing that helps get you through the day. That's your sixth chakra, which is right in the domain of the brain Mm -hmm. that does imagining and makes and projects images. Mm -hmm. But even the chakra knows you got to get past the image that you've created of God eventually. And you must ascend to that place that of complete unknowing. Wow. That's cool. One thing you should know. Oh, go ahead. No, that was that was one, it. one thing you should know, listener, is that both Alex and I are ordained ministers. <laughs> we, I, we actually you laugh. I'm not laughing. No, I, 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 I would laugh no matter yeah. what. Yeah. I am. I in fact last night I I told you I made my preacher shirt. Yes, because I yeah. like I like Jesus and I like the Eastern shit too. Yeah, I love it all. You know? Well, dude, Jesus a, the yogi is one of my favorite figures yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah, and yeah. so so sometimes on the podcast, we like to preach a little bit, some spiritual truth there. And it's Alex, very, I think, dropped some spiritual truth stuff. Yeah. Uh, great stuff, Alex. Thank well, you. Thank you, man. Th- I, I appreciate I did, it's it. It's just shit I've read about and shit I think about. And it's just funny to me how even in our material Western culture, they'll take an image that really has nothing to do with drug stores or any kind of thing that would be a place of commerce. Yeah. And they use that imagery. Speaking yeah. of commerce, one one final thing, Sir. or you know, if you have more, please. Mm-hmm. Um, one part that I thought was interesting was before they get to the holy mountain. Yeah, there's this boozy kind of decadent guy. Yes, being like, oh, come here, and he's yeah. he's, he's basically saying all of these uh, earthly material things. Like, we have yes. women, we have beds, yeah. we and have he even says, I founded the academy. I can give you awards. Yeah, I'll give you a trophy every year. Yeah. And Isn't that interesting? I, I, yeah, and I really do think that's the, the uh, Hollywood. Yeah, and you know he, he yeah. and and isn't isn't it interesting too? Last thing I want to say about Holy Mountain, or a million last things, however it takes Go us. Ahead. But I want to just note the movie does test the viewer, and it tests me to this day. Yeah, if not from the gross imagery of some of the shots of just very you know kind of base chakra kind of stuff, even just the notion of no no, if you're gonna truly ascend. You have to shed yourself of your comfort. Yeah. And part of that, like they show, you know, there's this image that the Christ character carries with him in his mind is this little sort of the little amputee. But is that's a sort of an image representing kind of like his, I guess, as they say, like the monkey on your back or some kind of <clears throat> it's his I think his addiction to something in life mm-hmm. or just like his holding on. And he has to chuck that overboard before he can cross the ocean to the holy mountain. Right. And how about the fact that. Okay, what if your fingers get frostbitten on your cold trek of mountain? You got to cut your fingers off. Yeah. Uh, when they have that final, remember the, the the movie gives you one last test of like stomachable images where you get to the top because the alchemist tells them, "All right, we've reached the summit, but now our minds are going to decompose at this altitude, and you're going to see the images of death, and it's going to fuck with your mind." Yeah. And you see some insane imagery, like the bull's cock. And yeah, the, yeah. And Tiresias, you see this old man with tits yeah. and his dick hanging out, and yeah. and and then his tits become <laughs> jaguar heads and or, or leopard heads, and they squirt out v- v- milk. acid milk, and just like yeah, yeah, just insane. And as insane as those images are, it speaks to me on just a level of like, wow, you, you like, it is a trip to grow in this world, and no matter how much I learn, I feel like there's always a kind of, there's a little bit of that, the Pantheon bar, is that, is that, there's a little, distra- there's a thing going like, wait, wait, you're about to ascend, hold on, come back down, yeah, come back yeah, down, yeah, yeah. or it's gonna scare you, the or you know, like, anything, okay, I gotta stop smoking pot for a while, oh, I gotta give up sugar, okay, I need to make sure I'm really exercising, you know, like, these, yeah, these yeah. decisions that we make, 
and or or even deeper decisions. Oh God, I gotta leave this person. I gotta switch my job. Though that that's that summit where yeah. your mind is decomposing and you're tempted to freak the fuck out. Yeah. But the movie seems to su- suggest keep going. Yeah. And everything's gonna be okay when you realize the whole thing was just a movie. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you know, I will say. Um, life is an act of creation and the thing that we're creating is ourselves and then Mm -hmm. we die and death I view as a door Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the end of our consciousness and anybody wants to argue with me (laughs) about it it, I think arguing about it is retarded because none of us know really yeah we really don't know know, so so I'm not gonna sit and it makes sense to me and certainly I would hope it's something pleasant that we cannot comprehend because we are just limited to these senses right now you know ice cream sundaes from both of us Done watch this movie especially this you movie. you dumb kid <laughs> anyway anything you want to say about this next movie trouble in mind trouble in mind okay 1985 i think or 86 we're doing the, the format where we talk about it a little bit yeah. and then we watch it and then we talk about what it. i what i admire about the movie we're about to see is it especially dude and i might i might even ask that after the movie i'll show you like one little part of the special features where you get to meet the director Uh, he kind of reminds me of you and i in the sense of like he's a like this director looks so fun to work with he comes from the school of altman so he's very the what you're gonna see throughout this movie is his script but you're going to see a lot of quirky behavior on the actors' parts, and that's their contribution. He really went around and said, okay, let's work on your character. And then, can you come to me with some shit? And Because I, I want your character to contribute to the world. The shit that I, I wrote this world, but you're the actor, and I want you to bring... So, there's going to be cool moments, and I'll point them out as they happen, yeah. but like, where an actor's doing something... And that wasn't necessarily part of the script. It's just that he accommodated it into it because he's like, well, of course, that's a character trait. So let's let's build it in. And I love that interactive collaboration where he just and he operates on soundtracks. So he had a guy compose the soundtrack to this movie first. And then he would go to the actors oh, wow. and say, this movie that you're going to be in is about this. And then he'd play the soundtrack. Nice. And then the actor would be like, OK, I get it. I get it. Let's, when do we shoot? Cool. So just a cool. And he just seems like a fun dude. I don't really know his career beyond the two movies I love, and those are back-to-back, too, because they both have my man, Chris Christopherson. Yeah. But the movie we're about to see, we kind of went from Hero's Journey, Psychedelic Quest, now we're going to Bizarro Film Noir, mm-hmm. where you definitely get all the old Humphrey Bogart and John Garfield kind of feel in this, yeah. but it's the 80s, most certainly. So it's kind of a mixed world, and we're going to go to Rain City, my friend. This cool. is where the action happens. Cool. And... I'll, we'll just see what happens from there. Well, kids, if you want to watch it with us, go illegally download it. No, no, buy it. Watch it. Watch it. And we will get back to you after we watch it. We're going to watch it. Now, Alex, is there anything you'd like to say? I think we should just like, oh my God, start it. Okay. What a fucking movie. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, man. Thank, thank you, you, sir. You have enriched my uh, cinematic DNA. Yes. I yeah. genuinely appreciate it. That was a fucking good movie. Oh, I'm really glad, man. No, I. it was... This is the second time I've seen it. And I must admit, the first time I saw it, I was so bewildered by what I was watching. <laughs> right. And then the last 
sequence of the movie just it all made sense to right, me all right, of a sudden right, with right. The, with everything that goes on there but uh yeah man it's such a it's interesting because neither one of us heard of this movie no. until recently i've talked to other people i had other major film nerd friends trouble in mind they're like what no i haven't yeah. heard of it yeah man hidden hidden little gem did you feel like there were it's not blade runner at all but no. there's a lit there's like there's like a little, just with the 80s-ness and the kind of like There's darkness a, and the, yeah. I, I like, would call it a, a, a dystopian tint. Yes. There's a tint of dystopia. And definitely, because yeah. it's a, it's an interesting world, right? It's it's kind of in altered Seattle yeah. called Rain City. Mm-hmm. You have definitely a military presence just on the outskirts. And I like how they don't explain that. Just for some reason, there's some kind of martial law or some kind of yeah. military presence. And then you have all the stock characters of noir yeah. come and through. I think with that slight dystopian tint, I don't think it clashed. I think it gelled very well with the noir elements. Very much so. You know what yeah. I mean? Like It wasn't so jarring. I mean, I, I mentioned this while we were watching it. After watching Holy Mountain, yeah. this movie is fucking normal. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything's like, normal like, after that. Yeah, yeah, but wow, what a movie. Yeah, man. I loved it. So what were some of your first, like, it, the movie starts to, first of all, you, you gave me a thumb up right at the opening s- scene because yeah. something, I'm guessing something affected you. Well, I just, I don't remember, but I just re- <laughs> remember thinking, okay, well, I'll, I'll be honest yeah. with you. Originally, I thought we were going to watch the Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson <laughs> movie where they're like two dudes. Yeah. And I wasn't like dreading it or anything, but yeah. I'm like, well, we're going to watch a movie about two old fuckers and, you yeah. know, like it's going to be that. And then this, I saw, holy shit, a gigantic moth was just about to fly into the room. Wow. Anyway, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, back to my thing. This, from the very beginning, because it came with your seal of approval, mm. I was like, and because you had mentioned this movie before when you were talking about your Chris Christopherson kick. Yeah. I think both on the podcast and in private, you know? Right. Like, you know what's funny is when I went in depth with the Chris Christopherson, Chris Christopherson <laughs> stuff, I had at, actually not seen this movie yet. Right. I was talking about all of his other stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, this was... This was this is a very... It's a different feel. Yeah, and I was... I, don't you feel like he also... And I mean this in the best of way, but he was almost, like, misplaced in that world. Like, because he comes out of prison. Yeah. That's the given. Yeah. And he comes into the city and that the loud 80s-ness is just not yeah, him. But yeah. he's in this world nevertheless. Yeah. And, and he, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that in genres like the Western or the crime film where an old dude, his his way is done. Yes. And it's a changed world. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. mean, a movie that we, we talked about, you know, when we did the poetry of Sam Peckinpah, Wild Bunch is yeah. totally about that. I mean, not Fair. totally Absolutely. Like this. No, no, no. But totally that. And of course, Christofferson being in three Peckinpah films back yeah. in the day, he's a, he's a veteran of the Peckinpah yeah. philosophy, definitely. Yeah. And the way I, I have sort of a private theory about the movie that Please. we saw... To me, he's a lost soul given one more chance because he's been released from hell. I mean, it's prison. Yeah. Rain City is purgatory. Mm-hmm. And you have a chance to go to heaven if you do maybe a couple things. Because that whole opening shot, by the way, is one take. And if you recall, he's descending down these stairs and they're about to unlock the prison to mm-hmm. let him back into the world. And mm-hmm. some of the guards are like, hey, don't say nothing, but it's me and the boys, we, we got you a little sort of cash care package together enough yeah. to get you a woman and some and a and a dinner and a drink tonight and all that and he's standing there 
And if you recall, the the you kind of hear the gates opening and this bright, like, god light, white light just yeah. f- is on his face. And then you get the title card in purple, Trouble yeah, yeah. in Mind. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I think he's kind of like a, a fallen angel or some kind of, or even just a man, just a fallible dude yeah. who's being given a chance. And then you have this family who comes in from the country. Yeah. And they're just totally overwhelmed by the city. Yeah. It's Keith Carradine and Laurie Singer. Yeah. And I'm trying to think what else we may have seen Laurie Singer. Don't you feel like you've seen her in something else? Well, okay. I was sort of in my head assigning everybody names. Yes. Laurie Singer <laughs> yeah, was, was Daryl po- Hannah. Was poor Daryl Hannah. Poor, she's poor Daryl Hannah. If Daryl Hannah. Hannah was dirt right. poor, she would be this woman in this movie. And what we call uh, Keith Carradine? He um, was... Rockabilly Nosferatu. Right, because he looks like Klaus Kinski's Nosferatu if he got a little glammed up. And yeah. Which, towards the end of the movie, yeah, he transforms yeah. into this sort of rockabilly that, Now, dude. that's interesting, too. The first shot of Keith Carradine, he looks like how he does in Nashville. It's kind of like a bearded country guy, yeah. just kind of just simple life. But then they move to the city, so whoops, he's now clean-shaven. But he still has long hair. But then yeah. whoops, and then we're slicking the hair back, kind of giving it a teddy boy look or some kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Then you got the almost Ziggy Stardust kind of like red rouge around yeah. his cheekbones. And like, and I thought, I don't know, the movie was made right in the middle of the 80s. I think it was definitely making a statement of kind of like the fashion and the sort of mentality of the 80s. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yet it definitely had that 40s noir vibe all yeah. over it. Also, the actor who was also, you mentioned in Terminator 2. What was his name? Do you remember? Joe Morton. Yeah, Joe yeah, Morton. yeah, yeah. He's that the, guy was good. He's great in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, so, yeah, Keith Carradine comes into the city needing to find some job, and he runs into Joe Morton, and he's the he. that's the scientist in uh, Terminator 2 who gets all shot up, and yeah. he's holding the detonator, and he's going, I can't hold on to it any yeah. longer. Yeah, so yeah. he's he's uh, plays this really cool, almost like a poet or like a writer who also on the side is, you know, doing a bunch of hustling. Yeah. They get into some bad shit. It's a classic thing. Dude fucks up. They fuck with the wrong dude who is divine. Yeah. <laughs> and he's definitely the Sydney Greenstreet character, i.e. the heavy, the, yeah, yeah. you know, the the bad guy who who you know until further notice we're on kind of like uneven truce but there may be some shit later on Mm -hmm. with this guy and yeah and then eventually and of course chris christopherson and by the way what talk about a flawed hero yeah because the guy comes in and what what do you think about like there's there's this really uncomfortable scene in the beginning of the movie well okay i'll describe the scene if you don't mind i don't uh chris Good old Chris. Which what was his name in the movie? No, so Hawk? it's Hawk. Hawk. Make, not you, Chris, but your character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hawk. Uh, he is being let to. He, he's able to stay with this woman because mm-hmm. we find out later he he killed a man who clearly hurt her. And right, her name is right, and that's and why so, he went to prison in the first place. Yeah. yeah, and so he's able to stay there, which kind of which is a good little story thing explains why he's able to stay. He's right. like homeless or something, and he basically rapes one i mean in it okay i'll i'll break down the scene he comes on strong she says no he doesn't listen which by the way kids no means no you should know this yeah yeah. uh this is an old movie yeah it's an older movie okay but i I will get into my more feelings but yeah Uh, uh, he um what did you want to say but no no no, you're uh, you're you're getting to it okay so he forces himself on her basically yeah and then it sort of implies that she gets into the swing of it or something She's like that. She's definitely saying no, and then her body's kind of showing signs of yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to wonder, was that just kind of like... 
yeah. sort of the direction of the times yeah. kind of thing. And like, then yeah. the next day, right. she kind of says to him, don't you ever fucking do that again. Don't ever cross that line. Right. That's mine. Yeah. And she sort of... But they're still cool in a way. Well, it's interesting because, yeah, you would think that she would then write him off. Right. It, I, Wanda, to me, is a very interesting... So there's this there's a cafe owner where you can tell all the riffraff of the city kind of almost live there. Yeah. And it's kind of... I don't know. I kind of like... It's kind of like a grungy little diner that she owns, but I would want to hang out there. Yeah. It yeah, just yeah, seems yeah. like a cool little yeah, diner. Yeah, cool. And she... Um, the breakfasts look amazing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it definitely is your typical like bacon and scrambled eggs yeah, and toast kind yeah. of joint with coffee. Yeah. Just the American diner. And um, yeah, I think she she sort of is almost like watching over the lost souls there. So I think she kind of gets it. And she, and but by the way, one thing that to me... When I first saw this, I got a little worried and I thought, oh God, are we supposed to now justify that action and be behind Christopherson's character right. after he does that? But I watched it a second time and do you notice that the lighting of that scene is really scary? It's like pale. Yeah. And it even makes it look like he has like black eyes. Like for that moment, he is not a good dude. His yeah. character yeah. takes, you yeah. know, forget nudges. He fucking takes. Yeah. And I love, though, how it kind of is like you realize like she checks his ass and she's kind of like, you need to be a better man. Yeah. It, she almost tells it's almost like telling the character you need to change over the next few scenes yeah, yeah, yeah. or else none of us will have sympathy. Yeah, for you. yeah. And he kind of does. I mean, he's very persistent. <laughs> he's yeah. And his character, look, he's not perfect. And you even remarked in the movie like noir heroes usually are hurt men. Yeah. who often are not very... I mean, in fact, they don't often even look at least as suave as Christopherson. Yeah, They're often yeah. kind of ugly losers who have alcohol yeah. problems and intense loneliness. And, yeah. yeah, and you hit it on the head. The operative word here with noir is losers. Losers, I, I, I yeah. mean that. I'm not even joking. Like, no, for real. Your like, main like, guy yeah. has to kind of be a loser. Yeah. And a sucker. A sucker, just you know. a bit. And, and sort of... And you know, one thing I do also like about this, I thought... For, especially for a movie that's older, and older movies are often guilty of having, you know... I I don't think it's maybe the strongest female characters, but they, you didn't have the obligatory femme fatale. Yeah. Did you notice that like, he went the opposite direction? You actually had kind of like an angel, like an innocent sort yep. of golden-haired angel come in. I agree, yeah. And it was about her husband getting corrupted, yeah. not her. She didn't become, you know, some seductress or some evil woman. Like... I kind of appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. And I also appreciate that. I love, too, the, there's a line. I think you found it a bit cryptic, but I, I like it how Wanda says, you know why I opened up a joint that is so early? Because it's the best time to see the sunrise. Yeah. And I just, I don't get it, but I get what yeah. she means by well, that. Well, I looked yeah. at you because we've been talking, <laughs> we were talking a lot about women being sunsets. Oh, that's And that, right. that's why I looked at you. Oh, I was like, oh, shit. You know, I'm like, sorry. So, I no, didn't, no, no, it hit me. I didn't make the, it's, by the way, I wanted to share with the uh, listeners very quickly, just like your philosophy of sunsets. Oh, yeah. Or do you all, yeah. No, go ahead. Well, Nas brought up a good image for things in life that are transitory. This could be a meal. This could be a piece of art. This could be your life it also can apply to romance and yeah. beautiful people that you meet and someone who you get hung up on or get hurt by or you do experience love together and then it falls apart we must remember that all these experiences are sunsets they're lovely you watch them and then night comes yeah however after night we all know the sun rises right exactly so we you just know. keep yeah. it 
yeah. keep it going. By the way, uh, sometimes it's I'm also deep. good to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, uh, Sorry, no, go ahead. No, it's actually not the most important point. I was just thinking it'd be funny too to... Well, not funny, but it's interesting to remember as well that a sunset is beautiful. It also could be the end of something shitty too. Yeah, yeah. Like shitty things can have a gorgeous sunset yeah. finish to them. And yeah. the night is actually the merciful, beautiful yeah. bride waiting, yeah. not the darkness to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, that, that kind of illustrates just life is a wonderful thing and it's a beautiful thing. And yeah. one thing I want to mention, when I say losers... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean... I don't think anybody really is a loser because just living is kind of an achievement. Right. You know, this fucking right. world can kill you if it <laughs> yeah. wants to and, you know, stuff Most like that. Certainly. But um, one thing I will say about Chris Christopherson's... Uh, tr or Hawk's uh, transgression, yes. which we discussed, is if he didn't do that, mm. he would have been too good. I agree. Because be, if you, you know, notice, he's he's got a fantastic kind of laying down the one-liner. Like, he's good at his job. Yeah. He can lay the Western Zen on people and kind of end a conversation. Like, he can, but he, you can tell he's got like a sort of unschooled, also, I'm guessing it's because of so much, you know, he's been put away for long. He's got yeah, this yeah. sort of beast he needs to unleash and he can't do it in a safe way. So, I agree with you that if, like, he needs to have a fault. Yeah. Because if we made it all about Keith Carradine fucking up throughout that movie and he's just, you know, Mr. Cool. Yeah. I agree. It, it's very interesting. I've, I've very rarely seen that tightrope walk of a moment and I'm surprised it's coming from something as far back as the 80s. Yeah. Because so many times we've seen that scene go down and then it's never addressed later and it looks like the woman just kind of gave that character a pass. Yeah, yeah. But I like how Wanda's like, all right, that happened. Don't ever fucking do that again. And he yeah. doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> In yeah. fact, and then he, yeah, he kind yeah. of moves on. You there know? is yeah. a, that scene where he's outside uh, poor Daryl Hannah's uh, trailer. Uh, yeah. And he's <laughs> really being a fucking nudge. Like, he's it's like, come true. on, go out to dinner with me. Come on, come on. And it's like, dude, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know, I know. Out. But it's funny, though. And, and so do you think that's... Oh no! Go on, go on, go on. What's no, the no, no. But what I'm saying is, I mean, not to not to be too crass, but yeah. usually in noir, the weakness is pussy. Is uh -huh, a, yeah. a guy's desire for pussy, right? Or for a woman, or whatever. Sure. And uh, what's funny is, I saw this movie Criterion put it out, and I saw it a while ago called Night in the City by I think it's by Jules Dassin. Oh, or something. yeah. But there's a, a fat guy or a big guy. Sorry, yes. fat people. <laughs> but uh, there's a there's a big guy. That kind of reminded me of Divine in this movie. Huh. And it is a noir and yes. stuff like that. By the way, folks, Divine is in this movie. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. is awesome. Right. Yeah, you know, like... <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, there's another noir movie, uh, Double Indemnity. Have you ever seen that? You know, it's a classic. I know I should see it. Yeah. I've seen Out of the Past. I've seen Maltese Falcon. Yeah, that, yeah I need yeah, to yeah. see that Yeah, one. it's pretty good. It's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is the other thing with noir. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people now... When they attempt it, they're doing it in a very cosmetic fashion. In the sense that it's like, oh, okay, noir. Maybe black and white. Yeah. Rain. Yeah. Old cars, fedoras and stuff. Uh -huh. And that's noir on a very, it's a very superficial penetration of noir. But if you really want to go deep, you need losers. And like uh -huh. they, this movie was a quartet of losers. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's true. They're just losers. They you are. Know? And I think to quote Guardians of the Galaxy, like we're losers, meaning we've lost things. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I think yeah. that's what you, these aren't like, not to be judged losers. Yeah. They're just people who aren't succeeding. 
yeah. at life and they're and they're suffering in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Great yeah, movie. I just I really because when I first saw it, I believe it or not, it had a sort of juvenile side to me that was like. Well, I don't want to see characters like learning how to deal with their lives and this. I just want to see some gun action. Like yeah, I, I got yeah. for some reason this sort of younger, dumber part of me started coming out. But um, shall we then? Should we do a spoiler countdown? Anything else? Because I want to talk about the ending real spoiler quick. Spoiler countdown. Yes. All right, folks. And of course, it's timestamp, so yeah. you'll see. So the ending sequence to this movie—it's the class. We talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. Another classic trope. Last gunfight happens. Hero yeah. wins, but oops! In the gunfire, he got plugged. Yeah, and he's and it's bleeding usually on the side. It's, of, yeah, it's of usually the, the side. Yeah, yeah. Usually, the guy's bleeding out of his ribs or his gut or something, yeah. and he goes back to poor Daryl Hannah, yeah. <laughs> Lori Singer. No offense to you, Miss Singer. We're just <laughs> yeah. we're just being lazy with your yeah. name, Lori Singer, and he just kind of. Le- I love because it's kind of we don't really know what went down because yeah. he left a bloody note just saying turn around and i'll be there yeah and then she kind of looks up from the note and he's just driving clearly he's he's made it out of the city yeah he's up in like some snowy mountains driving and she's there but she moves close to him and then she moves out of frame as yeah. if maybe she was just you know, maybe she never exists. Maybe he never exists. I did. I don't know what it means, but oh, I love. She was love... totally sucking his dick. Ah, no, I'm just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes, she she definitely to me seemed like kind of like ethereal, or maybe just not right. fully there. Or he indeed was just a, a momentary figure yeah. who's now transcending. And that last shot, dude. Yeah. That last last of shot the and... of the moon, or I think no, actually that was the the sun. Oh yeah. But yeah. just being so obscured by the clouds. Yeah, yeah. And then you see it briefly show up again. Yeah. And that Mark Isham score. Yeah. Dude, it's L- fucking Let great. me ask you this. Sir. Do you think he died and that last in the car was his, you know, metaphorical, symbolic thing to heaven? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, I think I think right? he ascended. So so he was, he came from hell, prison, Yeah, spent the whole movie in purgatory, did some right things at the right last moment. Yeah. And, yeah, and he died. And he, and he, or, or, and as you said earlier, death is a door. So yeah. it's not that he died per se, it's just that by getting shot and doing the right thing and making sure that... The woman is protected. P.S. Didn't you? There was a moment. Remember when he says to her, "Like, all right, I'll protect," because she has Keith Carradine is the loser baby daddy, yeah, 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 who is doing some dumb shit, and she's like, "Look, you know I love you now, Chris, but I also care about my ex. Can you save him?" Yeah, and we don't see that often, where the hero is yeah. like, "Okay, I love you, and I fucking hate your guy because he's just plain old competition." Yeah, a yeah. and B is a Dude. jackass, <laughs> yeah. but I love you. And yeah. I'll do the right thing. Yeah. Even for a fucking two-bit loser like this guy, yeah, I'll yeah. do it for you. And I think there's yeah. like some real heroism in that. I think that's the ultimate test of love. <laughs> yeah. Like, really. I'm going to do something that I don't want to do yeah. for you. Yeah. Because it's like, lady, I don't care about your douchebag yeah, boyfriend, but you don't, I love but, you. But so, his you know. delivery was so goddamn good. I mean, I really think Chris Christopherson never intended to be an actor, but he, but he managed to get that yeah, job. No, I mean, the guy just... I, I mean this in the best way. He doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He's just... I, I read somewhere that when he did his first movie, someone said, all you do is never look at the camera and have a fucking blast. And don't give a fuck. Because basically, they're like, just just, just ignore the yeah. camera and be yourself. Yeah. And I think also... And I, I read a couple of his interviews and Christopherson's heroes are those Gary Coopers of the world who just hit their mark, say the truth, 
Right. And that's that. Yeah, yeah. And it's enough. Yeah. And you, know, you notice he keeps everything real low. He's got that raspy kind of thing. And I just love how he was like, but if we do this, I, you're going to leave him. I'm going to take care of you and your son. And we're going to have a good life together. It's yeah. just like, wow, yeah. it's just so good. There were two movies that one of them just popped into my mind right now. And the other one it was kind of, you know, as we were talking, um, that the ending kind of, I feel like... Okay, one is before this movie, Blade Runner. Yes. Ah, Do you kind of feel that well, a little bit? Th- this, yes, now. Because I hate that version where he drives off with Sean Oh, right, Young. okay. That's the fake ending, if you ask me. But made well by this movie. <laughs> right. Well, let me yeah. ask you, was that version available before this? Yeah, well, that's the version that was released in oh, theaters. Oh, okay, 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 cool. So for everyone who saw Blade Runner for the first time saw that unnecessary driving off in nature right, uh, right, right, last right. bit. Mm-hmm. The other movie is Drive. Oh, Ryan yeah. Gosling. Yep. I kind of, you You're know. right. He got, that's the same, he got shot. Whoa, dude, you're right? right. That's a direct, with the 80s music. Oh, yeah. That total kind of sound of the 80s, and he's bleeding, and he drives off with kind of a serene look on his face, because he, he's like, at least the, the woman and her kid are yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. Nicholas Winding Griffin, you ripped off this fucking movie, <laughs> you liar. And that, by the way, I I, liked, I love Drive, by the way. I liked yeah. Drive, but I love Valhalla Rising and Bronson. And I yeah. felt like that little asshole who got mad at everyone who lost because people I li- I don't I liked Drive I really did mm. but some people lost their goddamn mind over that movie yeah and I was like wait 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 have you seen Valhalla Rising have you seen Bronson yeah. no I just see whatever is new yeah, yeah. and it's like guys he's done some really good work before that yeah anyway I'm, uh, a, I'm a dude by the way not to get on a Nicholas Winnie I yeah. I, I kind of love uh, uh, Only God Forgives. Oh yeah, no, dude. There are parts in that movie that are amazing. I've I've always said, drop the Ryan Gosling part. Focus only on the police officer who cuts guys' hands. Yeah, off. that guy's that, cool, dude. And who he cuts people's hands off by day and sings karaoke for the <laughs> yeah. for the police department yeah, yeah. by night. If that movie was only about his character, yeah. Uh, by the way, yeah. I mean, dude. I mean, okay. Spoiler <laughs> for for only God forgives. Yeah. It's not even a spoiler. It's just the end credits. It ends with him singing. Yeah, brilliant. That's the best thing in the world. And this actually, believe it or not, ties into our podcast more than you think. Do you remember who that movie was dedicated to? Alejandro Jodorowsky. That's literally the first, right? As he's going, and like singing up there. Boom. It says dedicated to Jodorowsky. Did you ever see, there's a clip. I I know I saw it on YouTube. I just don't know what it is from, but Mm. it's Jodorowsky talking to Nicholas Wendy Griffin and his wife and he's reading their tarots. Oh shit. Have you seen that? No. No, I need to watch that. But I bet, oh my God, I'd love to. I would be, fascinated and terrified to have my tarot read by yeah alejandro tarot it's pronounced tarot yeah because it's a french i think it's a french thing so the t is silent at the end there was there was a something not to get back to alejandro jodorowsky but there was a thing i saw of him that i totally relate to where he was like everything is weird like fingers aren't they weird like and it's like yeah everything is kind of weird man. (laughs) yeah you know like but yeah dude it's fantastic and but isn't it funny how like so we saw like we know jodorowsky is like he's like grandiose and like probably intense but i but fun but probably yeah, yeah, a little yeah. crazy yeah yeah we then i then showed you at the end of trouble in mind a quick featurette of the director alan rudolph yeah and you made an interesting observation i did and i i, I said i wouldn't say it on the podcast but well, I'm no, 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 not, no no just just the fact of like why like you notice that there are some people who are manic and yeah. then you have this guy yeah alan rudolph seems like a genuinely nice pleasant fellow yeah he and and the thing that i i mentioned is 
he he does not seem nuts. Yeah, and there are certain directors that are nuts. Right, and like I obsessive. am nuts. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like 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 I'm I I understand that craziness. So yeah. when I see someone like Alan Rudolph, it's kind of a relief to think. Oh wow! You don't have to be crazy, even though I am kind of crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, like and, it's, it's and, interesting. And I definitely have coming from a theater background. You really love the directors who are just kind of so happy that you're here, yeah, yeah and yeah. are amazed by what you're doing, yeah. And you and it becomes a collaborative thing because you find out in the special features too. And I think I mentioned it earlier. So many actor contributions were made to this. There's yeah. that crazy death scene with Joe Morton, the mm-hmm. guy in Terminator 2. And we then find out that he came up to the director and said, hey, I, I watched this Bobby McFerrin show with crazy breathing. Can we put that in the movie? And the yeah. director's like, yeah, let's see. You know, not every director is going to work that way, obviously. Some people are like, uh, excuse me, I wrote the script. Shut the fuck up. Hit your mark. Right. You know. Yeah. But I don't know, man. People want to feel like they're that they have a loving captain on yeah. board. And that's the vibe that I get from this movie. And apparently that's kind of what everyone said yeah, is yeah. that they loved yeah. working with him. Just why shouldn't it be that? And yes, most of us haven't heard of Alan Rudolph. In fact, the only movie I knew of his before this was Songwriter. But I'm not even... Necess- and as much as I love that movie with old Willie and right, Chris, yeah. even when I loved it in years past, I don't think I was really then going, oh, let me follow this director's work. No. But I at mean- the same time, like... How cool. How yeah, cool that you yeah, have yeah, made yeah. movies. Yeah. Some of them, and then, dude, something like Trouble in Mind is just waiting for every generation to just try that one out. Yeah, yeah. And just be like, oh, wow, well, this is fucking great. You know, I would rather be involved with cool, nice people who yeah. make work. And, uh, like, on a, the world's so insane as is, and making a movie is insane as yeah. is. Just everyone should yeah. chill out. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, speaking for me, when I direct... I you and you'll see this when we do Blood Basement Five. Yes, I am. It's, uh, I'm going to be in Blood Basement yeah. Five, everybody. One of, one of three stories in Debbie and the Devil coming yes. soon. Is I'm very nice. I yeah, want yeah. people to enjoy. Well, I would hope with you me. are. Yeah, who yeah. I know. Yeah, like, I the am. guy I know. I would hope is the guy I who directs. Dude, yeah. don't get me wrong. I can raise my voice every once in a while oh, when, sure. I, when I feel like shit needs to move along. No, and of stuff. course. But, of course. But other than that, like everybody that's worked with me. Mm-hmm. loves me alex <laughs> but like you've seen they the, whether it's captured footage or anecdotes you hear of people who straight up have like fucking f- like ptsd meltdowns yeah, yeah, on yeah, their yeah, cast and yeah. crew i mean dude one time i i had to yell a little bit yes and then i apologized to everybody for and then and then one of the guys on the crew was like dude i've seen so much worse you're fine oh yeah you know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah. like dude i don't want to be, just because you're making a film doesn't mean you have to be a raging asshole you no, know what i mean seriously. so it's like just... so i guess i am a little bit like alan rudolph but if yeah. i'm like when i'm done with debbie and the devil i sort of and i told you this <laughs> i will tell the kids dude if you fucking kids don't like this i will kill myself and i'm taking the whole world with me <laughs> so because it up. has yeah. already taken a huge toll on me so fucking enjoy it okay maybe but, something for you kids to yeah, enjoy yeah, so yeah. shut the yeah. fuck up and disclaimer like I'm never killing myself and I'm never taking the whole world with me I want everybody to be alive and happy thank you even my enemies which I can't think of any uh, off the top of my head but yeah amazing film ah oh, cool man and, anything and else you want to keep going yeah well, I do want to share one thing before we wrap up about, because uh, I've been mentioning every few podcasts, my discoveries reading Mr. Frederick Douglass. Before you... No, no, no yeah, of course, uh, of course. Uh, Ice yeah, Cone yeah. Ratings. Oh, well, dude. You go for, first. So, for me, no, I'm going to, I think I'm going to give, I could easily, I could easily give this nine, but I, but why? You know what? I'm going to give it an ice cream sundae because it reaches for, it, it's, 
Have you ever seen that combination, that exact combination in your life? I haven't. For for trouble in mind, like I've seen film noir. It's been yeah. done. I'd say beyond brick. This is one of the best sort of, you know, to the left of noir. Yeah, right. Like homages to o- Oma- noir. Yeah. Celebrations yeah. of noir. Right. Noir um, homage. Uh, I'm going to give it, yeah. I think for me, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna d- d- a nine verging into an ice cream sundae because it's just because of what it reaches for. I'm like, fuck yeah. Good job, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Sasha, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry, because the window, you know, whatever. Uh, Sasha, Sasha, come here, bitch. Sorry. It's uh, she's a, she's a female. She is a, it's true. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Um, sorry, folks. I said the B word. That's that was so ugly. <laughs> I mean, Fuck. I don't know. It was just yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. Um, your ice cream sundae looks so delectable and delicious. No, but what I, were you really gonna say? What were you really? Thinking? I was verging on a nine between nine and a ten. Do it. Stick to it. It's okay if it doesn't need a sundae. In You're fact, right, in Alex. fact, let's both give it a nine, knowing that it's fine. Okay, I'm just afraid. Alan Rudolph seems like a nice guy, and I just he want to is give him a, a nice Sunday. guy. But I think he would even be well. Okay, shall we give him a Sunday? It's all well, right. Now it's a pity Sunday. Ah. No, it's not. No, no, no. No, it's, let's, it's, let's I stick it. to our guns. No, why? Why couldn't one say nine out of ten and not feel like that they're being an asshole? You're it's right. Fine. I'm gonna give it a 10. give it. Give it a, a ten nine or a ten, okay? A t- a ten. Nine and a half. Nine. I take it the ten is between the nine and the sun. Yeah. Look. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. Holy Mountain. Yes. Is a holy fuck movie. Yeah. Where it's it blow. If no, you, it's yeah. If if that's a part of your palette, it'll uh, blow your mind. You know what I mean? It, it it really is because it goes deeper than a movie, and then it returns to back to being a movie at the end, and this and that. Blah, blah, blah. That's an ice cream sundae. This. If you were to compare the experience to Holy Mountain, it's cute. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah, mean that cute. in a, as a knock or as a like belittling. No, no, it. no. It's just it's just after uh, the the colossal spiritual fuck of Holy Mountain. This is like a cute exercise almost, but it's. I'm amazed that more people don't know this. And I, yeah. I just want to say God bless Shout Factory, the great, uh, yeah. amazing DVD Blu-ray label Shout Factory. Which what is are the, some other titles that you know that they've put out? They, honestly, I'm drawing a blank, but they're putting out so many. Like, in fact, do you have anything else you want to... No, I won't pull it up. But I mean, right now, they're probably... Okay, like, for instance, like a movie that they would put out, this is just off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure they're putting it out is um sleepwalkers that stephen king cat yes, werewolf movie yes shit like that or well, like they'll do and that actually has the original use of the um tell the fire with gasoline oh no 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 that's oh no that's cat people oh shit but I could see them putting out cat people. That's right. They're, That's they, right. And the thing is, I noticed that the movies that they're re-releasing, they, they've become more recent. Fuck, I'm drawing a blank, but I, it's just, and they always give it like cool cover art and stuff yeah, like that. They're yeah. like a, a more poppy criterion. They're which, the greatest DVD label Which, let's ever. face it, that sometimes we need a bit of that. Some yeah. of Criterion stuff, like, this brilliant four-and-a-half film, yeah. four-and-a-half-hour film about a wealthy family eating dinner yeah. is going to be worth it. They're like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. And, I it's mean, only, it, and it's only $55. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, by the way, I just want to say um, about Criterion, uh, they had their half-off sale at Barnes & Nobles. I bought the Marlena Dietrich... Uh, 
and Joseph von Sturberg or whatever the fuck his name was nice. box set because I had to man yeah, I man. had to it was on sale yeah. I'm a sucker for this shit yeah man you, know you already I mean? have a pretty healthy Criterion collection yeah, as the is. Criterion is going is going but I would like to have uh, a Shout Factory collection there you go God bless them right yeah man thank you Shout thank you Alan Rudolph so nine and a half ice cream cones most certainly yeah 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 well I'm gonna I I'm gonna Let's do this. I'm going to say Sunday, and you say nine and a half, cool. and it's okay. And Alan Rudolph and everyone else will live on happy. Hey, we love you, man. <laughs> we, we love you, Alan. That was a good story you told us. Yeah, I'm just pulling up the quote right here. Of Frederick? Of Mr. Frederick Douglass. Please tell me about a... this, because I I saw this early. You shared it on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, my dog just jumped right into my lap. Yes, she, she <laughs> and, just trying to help yeah, herself, yeah. as she does, yeah. to this and, conversation. Um, well, that's good. It'll keep her quiet. Yeah. How you do it? Um, but, but you, you um, shared this, and I liked it. Please. Well, what's so I, I've been mentioning every few podcasts, the things I've been learning, uh, reading his autobiography, My Bondage and My Freedom. Mm-hmm. And I finished it yesterday, and um, but actually finished it hell that I haven't because there's there are so many appendices afterwards of various essays, various speeches he made, and a letter to I'm gonna call this man a criminal, but people called these guys masters mm-hmm. at the time. So this was his his former master mm-hmm. from when he had been raised in slavery on a plantation. So. The whole letter is fantastic. If we had the time, I would read it from start to finish. But it's you know it's 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 lengthy. If you for like, this you moment. can. Well, oh, uh, I, th- yeah. I think it might be a little bit right, long. Cool. But I highly encourage everyone to read the whole thing. I just want to read how he signs off. Keep in mind that so very briefly. So Frederick Douglass he grew up seeing the horrors of slavery, while also strangely enough being afforded to learn how to read mm-hmm. almost by accident because sometimes when you were a slave you would be traded you would be given to cousins of the slave owner's family for yeah. like a couple years so he went to the uh, not the north north but he went to baltimore which was a little more sophisticated than the rest of maryland being a slave state but it was still slave territory right nevertheless the mistress at the time who owned him <laughs> mm-hmm. she taught him how to read and loved him very much as like a son of her own until she then was basically bullied by her husband like no don't this isn't your son this is a slave you need Mm -hmm. to lay down the law here and frederick Douglass reminds us that the institution of slavery is the evil it's like it's like the devil and if you subscribe as a slaveholder you sold your soul yeah there's no way to be a nice slave owner yeah you can't own human life and be a mother at the same time so he witnessed this woman who was teaching him how to read just become awful over time because she didn't know how to remain her it corrupted her you know mm-hmm. so nevertheless the the good damage was done once you learn a couple words you keep reading and you keep learning and then he's teaching other fellow enslaved people how to read and he's starting a revolution through various attempts, some failed. Some he, he even got caught at one point. Somehow people found out that he had the ability to write his own pass to be mm-hmm. able to just get out, you know, have like forge his master's signature and all, right. you know. Or not even forge the signature, just write a, a, a eloquent letter of saying yeah. like, yes, please give so-and-so passage to, you know. He eventually um, jumped onto a train and bullshit his way 
uh, dressing up like a sailor and he had gotten enough work like caulking wood and making like parts for a ship uh-huh. that he knew all the lingo and he just passed as a as a as a free black man wow. to the eyes of the train conductors and they only briefly glanced at his papers oh, so he forged well actually what he did is he got papers from another black man who basically said to him look to them we all look the same and right. we all have the fu-. so just have my thing and the kind of the deal that they would often do is take my pass when you make it into the territory mail it back to me so i fucking have it yeah but that's the you know so he he got from a friend i think i, I may have someone else fact checked me on this because i may have the the thing wrong but he basically jumped on a train and made it to new york yeah and never you know went back to the south now mind you the the Things were still scary because he would run into people. He even ran into someone he knew back in slave days. Mm. And the guy said, oh, right on. You made it here, too. Now, listen, be very fucking careful, because even though you're in the north, you know how many nice white people are actually bounty hunters. It's that it's like the 12 years of slave situation. Right. Remember those guys? They butter him up. You're such an amazing musician. Oh, I never saw that. Woo! I know because it's it seems like, dude, Alex, it no, just no. seems so rough. No, it's it's extremely rough. Like it. It's, uh, this book was rough, but my mind can censor how much I want to entertain the imagery right. of brutality to a human body. Yeah. 12 Years a Slave, you have to buckle in and deal yeah. with the fucking and thing. Dude, and it's awful. I mean, it's it's necessary. And I'm not going to judge you because... No, no. But you know who do need to see it? I think it should be required viewing in high school and college classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. It's just it's just like when it came out, it's like, okay, I'll watch it. No, no, it's it, very, you know. like, the thing that, like, you're not going to get the satisfaction you get in Django Unchained because there is no revenge. It's yeah. just, you're, you have to deal with this. But the movie does, I mean, that movie is all about powerlessness. Yeah. No power. None. There's no empowering parts or anything. He has one moment that the whole theater erupts in with joy where he tur- where Paul Dano is whipping him and he just turns right around and oh, attacks cool. him back. Yeah. But then the punishment dealt to him is super fucking severe because he fought back. Now, by the way, this really happened with... Uh, actually, th- that really happened too because 12 Years a Slave is a real story mm. about a, a guy who was born and raised as a free man and then made into a slave. That's terrifying, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Frederick Douglass's story... After he lived a pretty good life, nevertheless, full of, you know, bigotry and racism being in the North. Well, again, not the North North, but in Baltimore, where he learned to read. He then got sent back. And the problem is when any sort of higher up in the master hierarchy died, all of the property, including the slaves, would get lined up and resold out to different Uh members of the family. So this shit was horrible. This would separate families. You know, enslaved right. people who had actually then met. Some of them fell in love, had kids of their own. Nope, it's market time. We got to split you all up and send you off and you'll never see each other. Yeah. It's horrible shit. And he was sent to a motherfucker of a guy named Mr. Covey, who just was a sadist. Like, some of these guys, I swear to God, they got they got off on this shit. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, think about how much bond... Like, they make... They tie people up naked and whip them. That's BDSM. I don't care who the fuck you are. Yeah. These assholes got off on it. They probably fucking masturbated and fucked their way through life with the sadist glee of torturing people. Yeah. And this guy was no exception. And one day, Frederick just snapped and just... 
choked the motherfucker on the spot. Just took his hands and ground them into the guy's neck and said that for like hours because the guy wouldn't give up. But he then suddenly realized, oh my God, I'm so much stronger than you. Like you've been walking around with this whip, but you're a bitch. And the guy started like crying and started (laughs) freaking out. And he then started yelling for help. And what's funny is he's yelling to help for some of the other enslaved people. And they walk back and they're like... Hey, I, not, this is not, not my yeah, deal. Yeah, I can't yeah. help you out here. So it was I great. I'm not fucking with Frederick, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not fucking with you. Yeah. I, and, and and some of the other plus, not everyone working on your plantation necessarily was yours. It was maybe a, a cousins of yours. So it's like I I don't answer to you, Mister Kobe. My, you know, I, right. I'm, I'm leaving you guys wow. to that. So he basically and he he thought at once the thing was finally over and like they were both exhausted and then they parted. Frederick was like, well, I'm fucked. I'm gonna get killed for this. But believe it or not, that slave that slave driver was then like kind of nice to him afterwards and what didn't a fuck bitch. with him. Yeah, just a bitch. Yeah. Anyway, um, and and when he got roughed up, okay, so this leads me to my letter here. When he got roughed, so so he was ultimately owned by a guy named Thomas Ald. Uh huh. But Thomas Ald, of course, would dispense his slaves to various different slave handlers to basically break them in and do all this kind of shit. So. He would have correspondence, and one thing that you could try when you were brutalized by a by a uh, uh, like a field hand, or no, by by um, an overseer, uh-huh. is you could go back to said master and show your beaten up, bloody body, and be like, "Look, I got brutalized." And then, oftentimes, these fucking masters would just be like, "Well, surely you deserved it," you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what this guy would basically always do, and. Frederick Douglass had witnessed everything from rape to fucking basically murder to the worst forms of sadism. But you know what just was the final, like, fuck this shit. I am yeah. going to, I'm going to escape. And we're talking, he's about 20, 20 or 21 was oh, when he wow. made his escape. Wow. So believe it or not, he was considerably young. Yeah. In slave time, I think it was like fucking long, because this is 20 years a slave. Yeah. And he got out. And, but you know what broke the fucking camel's back of tolerability for him? Tell me. He was put to work doing a lot and all the money, all the money has to go to your master. You don't get to earn, even when you're like commissioned to go off and you're like miles away from the plantation and you're working on the docks and you're, and you're collecting that. You have to give it all to your fucking master. You're not, and he was like. Not my honest work, and I have a brilliant mind too. Fuck that! I like. I really do think Frederick Douglass is a genius, like an actual like brilliant man. Yeah. Already, like that was going to happen anyways. Yeah. And he happened to have this escape, so he goes to the north. Things are okay, but they're not the safest. So people recommend after a couple years that he should actually pretty soon after his escape, they're like, listen. And at this point, I don't know, but at this point, Great Britain was quite enlivened. They had they had outlawed slavery in 1833. Uh-huh. I can't promise it was socially great for black people because that's uh, we love to think, oh, good slavery ended. It's like, yeah, yeah, but hold on. The idea of slavery never went away. Yeah. But at least a lot of English people loved Frederick Douglass. And he had like a home for two years, uh-huh. basically, in... Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England, like they just, they, they, and he was dining with celebrity royalty. Yeah. And he said, it was the first time in my life that no one looked at me double. He said, it's only in US America that people have ever seen that I'm black. He said, the English people he met, especially those who have dealt with oppression, like Scottish people and Irish people, they've been 
they've been oppressed by the English for centuries. And they yeah. were like, we got you, Freddie. We totally get it. Yeah. So he wrote a letter to his fucking old master. And it's amazing because he's like, you know, because I've already published my shit that I've used your name. Everyone knows who you are. But it's this incredible place of power from which he writes. And he says, you know, by the way, I'm doing very well right now. I, I, I just really wanted to write you and let you know that I'm doing great in my life. And I've been traveling. I have a wonderful wife. I've got five kids. The oldest is 10. The others are eight, four. You know, like he's yeah. just telling. And his last paragraph like most of us most of us think that if we ever confronted an old enemy we might be like yeah fuck you or like i was thinking like maybe the letter would be like ha 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 fuck you yeah, how yeah. do you like that you stupid bigot motherfucker like yeah. he, he had every right to right the guy does a fucking double punch a punch with a pillow and a punch with a fucking fist to this guy in just the way he writes because it is stinging and also so fucking suave and even like polite <laughs> so yeah. this is what he writes in the conclusion of his letter to it's called letter to my old master i'm gonna say letter to a fucking criminal yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is how it concludes which is i will now bring this letter to a close you shall hear from me again unless you let me hear from you I intend to make use of you as a weapon with which to assail the system of slavery, as a means of concentrating public attention on the system and deepening the horror of trafficking in the souls and bodies of men. I shall make use of you as a means of exposing the character of the American church and clergy, and as a means of bringing this guilty nation with yourself to repentance. In doing this, I entertain no malice toward you personally. There is no roof under which you would be more safe than mine. And there is nothing in my house which you might need for your comfort, which I would not readily grant. Indeed, I should esteem it a privilege to set you an example as to how mankind ought to treat each other. I am your fellow man but not your slave. Go, Frederick. Go, man. He's, this is Chris Christopherson and Frederick Douglass, my, hey, my fucking spirit animal heroes. Dude, kids, if there's a lesson, which there's much, um, <laughs> the pen is mightier than the sword, words are weapons, and with that being said, I am the deadliest man alive! <laughs> no, but that, uh, that's, that's amazing. And in yeah, fact, it, it makes me think, I don't really have enemies alex i there's nobody right. i can think of but that could I, you say that to someone who owned your life for 20 years i think if i had gone through something that extreme and i was able to taste the sweetness of freedom and have people read my story and 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 understand the evil of that institution of slavery yeah. I think I would have gone through enough stuff to be able to be the bigger man and be like, okay, well, kind of fuck you, but 
Yeah. Which he didn't say fuck you. Not at all. But, but, but in a way. But, but well, the best fuck you you can say is, I know who you are and I will never let you off the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never. In See, fact, I'm going to use you as a means to fight slavery. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, look, I mean, there, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that a is, good fuck you. That is the and, best thing you And could. I'd like to teach you how to how human beings ought to treat each other. Yeah. You know, that's I, fucking yeah, amazing. I mean, there yeah. are people that I've met in my life that I don't harbor ill will towards them or hatred mm. or anything like that because that's just a wasted emotion. But I know how they are and they suck. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, like it's like good, call those people out. But I think the best revenge is being kind of happy. Yeah. It's it, it is true. It is true, and it's not. And you can't be happy if you really actively hate someone. And you know, I heard this somewhere yeah. where hating someone is like drinking poison every day and expecting them to die. Huh. You know? And then also, yeah. also hating someone is like letting someone live in your head rent free. Yes, I've so, heard that so, before. So, so too. you know, yeah. like, but the thing is, I mean, I mean, just to get into it a little bit, that takes a strong, big man, big person. Yeah. To be able to forgive being owned. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I could ever forgive the jail system, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 Which it, is extended slavery. Yeah. And yeah. It, it basically, I mean, that's how, that's my understanding of right. slavery. My understanding of it is that it's not done. No. You, you know, no, no, it, no. it's just keep. I really think, dude, that beyond cruelty to animals and child abuse, Nothing is more evil than slavery. Yeah. Because if you ask me, the previous abuses I mentioned are just simply underneath the umbrella of slavery. The mentality and institution of slavery gives the person who thinks that they're on top of that game every right to debase anybody they think is lesser than or other. Yeah. And uh... it's evil, dude. It's existed forever. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there was a time. You know, a friend of mine brought up a good point how sometimes we kind of go, oh, that's my ape nature. Oh, that's my reptile nature. Like we've gone, a, we've gone far enough back in sort of our DNA past. But what about our parasite nature? Yeah. That's in us too. Yeah, yeah. The earliest microbial creatures on this planet that we probably are, you know, descended from as well. They eat shit and copulate, and yeah. and they're and they're microscopic. There's and then other things are meant to feed on the blood of other. You know, like yeah. There's a real parasitic side to us. Yeah. That that just gets down with slavery. Like, yep, makes sense to me. Yeah. Because and it, it is fucking evil. If yeah, I think that is the devil incarnate. It's yeah. an energy that enough people, and it can exist. It can exist in a household with a parent or both parents being fucking yeah. just evil. Yeah, it can exist in institutions. You see it in workplaces, yeah. schools. It's well, I mean, one of the man. things that I find most frightening about humanity is certain people's inability to empathize with other people or feel yeah, other people's dude. pain. The I lack mean, of empathy yeah. scares me dude, too. I'm nuts. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I just am. Yeah, but yeah. I'm my saving grace is that I am the exact opposite of a sociopath. Yeah, I'm no, an no, empath. No, 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 I feel no, fucking yeah. everybody's energy, no, and no, it sucks no. sometimes. Yeah, but I, I I'll take it over. I hate not, it too, man. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you're like that too. You know, I'm like, too. I'm overly. I'm the guy who's like, do you think that thing I said back in 1997 is going to come <laughs> haunt me? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm too. Yeah. feeling about well, Alex, how my actions I can are. tell you anything you might have said is water under the bridge. You're a great guy. Brilliant. Thank you for this amazing double feature and this hey, man. amazing history lesson of the great Frederick Douglass. Yeah, you know, thank you for it's it's uh it takes um 
a relinquishing of control and trust to go on someone else's mind journey of what they deem as good watching material. So thank you for trusting my choices. And oh, I always got trust into, your choices. And, and I don't think I ever even conceived that I would do The Holy Mountain and Trouble in Mind as a double feature, but somehow it all makes sense. Hey man, it, it, it works, and if Trouble in Mind or Holy Mountain is ever showing at the Beverly, we gotta go. Fuck yeah. See it on Fuck good old yeah. glorious 35mm. Mm-hmm. We love you, QT. Yes. Anywho, Alex, Yeah. let's say people want to take more trips with you on social media. Where can the good people find you? Y'all can always find me on YouTube or Twitter under the handle CastawayClown. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Nasred. Follow me on Instagram at Mr.Nasred. Email me at NasredPodcast at gmail.com. And please do like, share, and subscribe on iTunes. And leave me a beautiful review. And buy me, buy a Wild 7 Productions t-shirt. If you want to buy me one, that's cool too. Buy me one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10% of the proceeds go to Children Incorporated. Goodbye, you... You slick-talking, cosmic, wonderful, crazy beauties. Friends.